0: Please turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, 9, and 10. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, 9, and 10. It's so good to see all you beautiful people here. My goodness. This is good. I'm in the New Living Translation. And. It says this, um, Paul is talking, he's writing to the Colossians, and he says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, by the way, I love to hear when people are praying for me, right? There's something solid, there's something powerful to know that people are praying for you. Have you ever heard that where somebody just called you up and said, hey, I just want you to know um, God put you on my heart, and I've been praying for you, and you're like, Yes. Maybe not. Don't don't yell into the mic. All right. Verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. It doesn't notice the psalms is or the, excuse me Paul could have run under the the in the impartation of the Holy Spirit, he could have said, it's going to produce fruit. See, we've seen that before, haven't we, right? So bountifully, right? Reap bountifully, right? But he says, every kind of fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So we're just starting a four-week series entitled elements and these elements are going to be ones that propel us to a relevant and an impactful spiritual life we're going to be unpacking elements that are going to propel us to a relevant and impactful spiritual life so will you pray with me for a moment precious God again thank you so much for visiting us today And when I say visiting, I know that it's really us opening our hearts to you because you're everywhere. But, Lord, I know that you are attracted to your people when they begin to worship. And, Lord, today we're going to expound on your word. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts and our minds and impact us, Lord, with your words. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give somebody a high five. Have a seat. Say it's good to see you here. Now, last week we had uh, a good service, and um, the week before that we talked a little bit about uh, what we had, a, actually just a, mo- a movement, and, and we decided to not have any kind of preaching. We just decided to allow the Spirit of God to do some amazing things. And you know that, that God can step in where there are jars of clay, right, where there are vessels of clay, and he can say something in a moment that, that changes everything, right? We know that that's our God. And uh, so I'm I'm grateful that uh, we are building on that component, that God is at the top of the heap here, right? And that is our primary idea and function to be uh, undone in his presence. Can I get an amen? Amen. So that week we celebrated a little bit, um, 12 years of of being at LifePoint Church and and during that time, I really had a rush of memories. And of course, this is actually the 18th year that this community has had an apostolic witness. Um, it was bread of life before we came. And um, with great people and, and great ministry. And and I remember when we first got here, as I remember, honey, the paint parties that we had. Um, I remember um, moving to a new building, remodeling that building, having... Had a couple churches help us with speakers and video equipment and, and uh, kids' life resources and chairs. Um, I remember our first fundraiser. Our first fundraiser. Do you know what our first fundraiser was for? That baptismal tank right there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How many people have had their sins washed away in the last 12 years? Right, right. You get what I'm saying, right? The depth of this. God help us all. God has helped us. We had a great team uh, when we first got here, and um, there'd be many times, Brother Schwalter, you remember this, where I'd say, all right, we need a leadership team meeting after the church, and everybody would stay after church, But the food was delicious, I'm telling you. I used to be 110 pounds. And I'm not telling you when I was that. Now come on. (laughs) We had two buildings offered to us. One in East Troy. It was 31,000 square foot, old school. Um, We had some huge monstrosity of a building in Cudahy with a chapel um, that was offered to us. Things that only God could do. We would do these outreaches and we would give away free water and people were like dumbfounded. They'd walk by, we'd be like, do you want free water? And they're like, no, (laughs) I think something's wrong with the water or something. I remember, um, Mandy, you were saying that you were walking in Walmart one time, and you had your shirt on, your LifePoint shirt on, and they said, are you the church that uh, gives away free water? Interesting. For a while, we were back, you know, locked in this area, and I remember talking to my father-in-law about it. I'm like, we don't have visibility. You know, I was talking about our church and everything, and he's like, you know what? You just need to say it this way. You're the hardest church to find in McGowanagall. And If you can find us, you can find Jesus. Right? I mean, it's like finding Waldo. Right? You know, there's just all of these memories that just began to kind of flood, and I, I rem- oh, a flood. Oh my goodness, you remember the flood? The flood in our basement. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. We walk in. The sump pumps have died. We walk in. We're, you know, walking through, and. Area where it was dry was right where that computer for the children's ministry computer was. That was, the only, that was the only area where it was. And out of that flood, we affectionately call it the flood because the insurance payout allowed us. We were actually cramped downstairs and we needed more space, but we didn't have the money in our funds to do that. The insurance payout actually allowed us to rent a whole nother section for a whole year. I'm telling you, I can't make this stuff up. And there's people in this room that can give me an amen because they know. So many meetings, services. God has sent so many people and, and some, some stayed and then some moved on into another season of ministry and God blessed them. This is a organism the church is. The church is supposed to be the, the body of Christ, right? It's it's the function of God in a sense. I, th- I think we need to understand that, that that's what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to function, right? You remember the scripture um, where it talks about how we are the eyes or we are the hands or we are the feet or, or, or we're the brain or we're the mouth or we're the nose or all these different pieces and how important they are. The church is vital to winning this world because we are the function of God. God has been so good. You know, we know that some key elements, that there's going to be key elements to successful business or successful healthy plants. I'm still learning that one. Um, there's key elements to a good story. There's key elements to a stable. But I think some key elements to a healthy church, one is it needs to be built on Christ. Our greatest potential begins with Christ, right? Built on Christ, there needs to be a focus on unity in hard Teamwork and the least amount of ego as possible. I think those are some good elements for a good church. And I believe that we have a good church. And I want to thank each and every one of you for all the hard work, the time, the efforts, the prayers, the contributions, the ministry that happens here. Please give yourselves a hand. The function of God. These four weeks, we're talking about the elements that promote a, a relevant and impactful spiritual life. And as a kid growing up, many times we would say the answer to a good spiritual life would be to read your Bible fast and pray. Has anybody ever had that converse conversation? Right. Those are called the classics. <laughs> And for this series, we're going to dig into some elements that will push your spiritual life to becoming relevant and impactful. And we talk about relevance and impactfulness. Vocabulary.com said this, that something is relevant if it's appropriate or connected to the matter at hand. Relevant things are helpful and on point. Relevant things are appropriate and make sense at the particular time. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said this. Something deep in the human heart breaks at the thought of a life of mediocrity. I don't ever want to find my spiritual life all tattered. But if I do, I have hope, right? But I don't want to find myself living in in, in a space of mediocrity. And that's why these elements are so important can't just go along to get along. That's not how we were created as spiritual beings. We're created to do amazing things. Remember what I said about the church being function, expression of God. How it impacts the world. I think I can say the same about our faith. Why? Because we know that there should be That dynamic in our hearts. If your faith is accustomed to sitting on a shelf under a layer of dust, it is not impactful or relevant. Its value shouldn't be like showing a badge as though you're part of a club or membership. See relevant and impactful faith goes with you wherever you go. It's applicable in every scenario. It's valued. It's desired. It's nurtured. And it's relied upon. That's relevant and impactful faith. Many of us have those stories where our faith was strengthened and sustained us in uncomfortable, even bad times. And see, this is the journey to combine our faith with our life. And the impactful part is that there's going to be an effect. Effect in our environment. There should be an effect in our environment. Not only will we see our knowledge of God and the characteristics expand, but our appetite for the holy and for what is righteous will increase. With deep passion, we will celebrate with a transformed soul, one saved from destruction and prepared for salvation. Our dreams will desire seeing the fulfilled will of God in our worlds. Peace will not be in the context of our comfort, but in the connection with his will yeah. and forgiveness. Oh, the gift of forgiveness will be desired that all can experience the shedding of those heavy burdens, heavy burdens, and the guilty and the tormented can have peace. This is a relevant and impactful faith. And these are some of the values of that. See, all these benefits are from that. When I opened, we were talking about church history and we came, unfortunately, can see the demise of churches throughout the country. You know that there's a statistic out there that says that every month 1,500 pastors step away from ministry. And sadly, some of those churches close their doors. The expression of God closes those doors. There is a push to do just enough. Just get a good job, just follow your conscience. Unless you come across a hard decision, then do whatever it takes to survive. Build your life on what you see, and if you have time, then dabble a little bit in your spirituality. Some may even feel that faith is a possession, like the additive to your coffee, or a hobby in your pursuit of being a good person. But Paul, when speaking to the Colossians, realizes that if our spiritual life is approached that way, we actually miss out. Watch what Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Colossians. Paul is writing because the small church is feeling the onslaught of the Colossian uh, heresy. The Colossian heresy is is one where... um, It is approaches spirituality in whatever form or manner that it is paganism, which is the worship of many gods or the Roman perspective on, on, on focus on their spiritual gifts, their health and their possessions, or another side where they just focus on their Jewish customs, hoping that that would be enough. They were trying to put it all together to get the most out of life. And so Paul reaches out to encourage this church. And I want to read that and I want to, I want to just jump a little bit before he said in verse six, before our opening scripture, he said the, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere, just as it changed yours and the very first day that you heard and understand the truth about God's great kindness of sinners. He's setting them up and saying, I have something so amazing for you. I have something so great and we cannot ever veer away or step away from what you were given. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I need to combat that it's just anything goes. It is in Christ alone. See, this is where we catch up with our opening scripture verse 9 he says so we have not stopped praying for you right he's starting out with encouragement for you since we have first heard about you we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding and will grow to you to learn to know God better and better right he is trying to accomplish something amazing see this right here reveals the first element of To a relevant and impactful spiritual life. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. It's that Christ is all sufficient. The first element that I'm going to have to a relevant and impactful life is that I ain't need nothing except Jesus. That he's all-sufficient. That even when everything falls apart. If I have Jesus, there's still hope. I'm still good. Right? The all-sufficient one. If I have Jesus, nothing can replace him. In, in verse 15 of verse 1, this is a great chapter, by the way. He says this. He says... Christ is the visible image, image of the invisible God. It's kidding. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> Nothing can replace him. No message is better than the gospel. His attention is all that matters, and every good thing comes from Christ. Right. That's what we're talking about. Not only does he provide direction in the journey, but he says, I am the way and the light. That is our God. He provides the gifts while we walk. He is the only all-sufficient one. He is the answer to everything and provides for our deepest needs like no one else can ever do. Everything comes up less when compared to God. God is not one-dimensional. He is and always will be multi-dimensional while being outside the dimension and inside the dimension all at once. A.B. Simpson said this. He said the greatest need of our age and of every age is the greatest need of every human heart is to know the resources and the sufficiency of God. The Bible says that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our our thoughts in Isaiah chapter 55. But watch this next verse in Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 as I take a drink. And breathe. <laughs> Colossians 1.10 says. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while. You will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Now it's said out of our lives begin to produce every kind of good fruit, right? We're, <coughs> excuse me, that means that we are impactful to the environment. Have you ever thought about that a little bit? Have you ever thought, we, we sat down with uh, young adults a uh, couple weeks ago and, and we talked a little bit, um, I think we talked about Elijah. And while we were talking about Elijah, we were talking about what are the benefits of you Being a Christ follower to everybody else. Think about that for a second. What are the benefits of you being a Christ follower to everybody else? Should there be a benefit? I believe that there should. I don't believe that it's for my house only. Sometimes we misinterpret that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and keep our doors shut. It doesn't say that. Right? It doesn't say that. It is a step. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing then you right see when we impact the environment colossians 1 10 actually is is laying out a stacking principle he, he's sharing a stacking principle and that's interesting that god is always stacking it, it may be knowledge it may be blessings Revelations, experiences that refine and develop our view of God. I remember as a young man, our Saturdays were pretty amazing. Uh, usually it was uh, chores of some sort and the rest of the day and play unless some experience was planned. And oftentimes when lunch would roll around, my dad would make his rendition of a Dagwood sandwich. Does anybody know what a Dagwood sandwich is? All right. Some of you are like, yes, right? Dagwood Sandwich is this tall, multi-layer sandwich made with a variety of meats, cheeses, condiments. It's named after Dagwood Bumstead, who is a central character in this comic strip, Blondie, and um, who is frequently illustrated making enormous sandwiches. So I remember coming in and watching him get out the wood cutting board, And lay everything out. He would cut the tomatoes into these thick slices. Maybe put a little salt on them. Then he began the assembly assembly process. Meat. Cheese. Tomato. Lettuce. Bread. Meat. Cheese. Tomato. Lettuce. Bread. Meat. You get it, right? So I think they have a picture. Maybe they have a picture. See? That's what they look like. So... Now, I know my sister was around, but imagine for a moment two preteens, the boys, me and my brother, opening their mouths as wide right as you Because you don't want it to pop out the back, right? You don't have to try and grab it, You're trying to crush it and everything. And, and the challenge was not allowing those contacts to spill out and the tomatoes, the meat, the crunchy stuff. Sal- I'm hungry. Is lunch yet? What is going on? Right? Multi-layers of bread, yum. Now now maybe I'm just this might be a little bit of a conspiracy, but maybe that's where the Big Mac stole the idea. <laughs> Boom. I mean, they did come out in the nineteen fifties or thirties and, and the Big Macs came out in the nineteen seventies. So I'm just saying. Pure deliciousness. Then the, the challenge of the big bite, the memories all wrapped up in one. To me the Dagwood sandwiches were extravagant something that would more than satisfy a young man with a bit of a challenge. The Dagwood sandwich was more than capable to fill a hungry belly. And it's interesting to me that God would promote that he, his presence and his good news can fulfill our greatest and deepest needs. And then begins stacking blessings upon blessings in our life in, as we impact our environments around us. So yes, your walk with God, your spiritual walk with God should be impactful to the world around you. The more we consume Christ and his message of the good news, the more we see the full expression of God's will, perspective, and wisdom. See, this is- going to feel the will of God. You're, you you're going to, you're, you're going to be, have fruit put in you. You're going to give fruit. All kinds of fruit are going to come out of you and you're going to know God better and better. A couple weeks ago, I shared that his love is so beyond our comprehension in Ephesians chapter three, verse 18. You may not have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, right? Skipping down into verse 20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Actually, another version says to accomplish beyond more than we could ask or think. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, he who has God and many other things has no more than he who has God alone. See, Remember the goal, the goal is always to desire the life killing elements of an all sufficient God, because with God, Everything is stacked in his servant's benefit. That is why we should share Christ well. That principle isn't lost. We've seen it before. There's a story found in Acts chapter 8, verse 30. And it's the story of the treasurer of the the, the Ethiopian treasurer or the eunuch and um, and he is reading the scriptures and he's reading the scriptures in Isaiah that talks a little bit about how um, the 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 demise of what's going to happen to Christ, right? And he's talking about how he goes as a lamb uh, to the slaughter and he keeps his mouth closed through this whole thing. And 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 as he's walking, God says, hey, listen, Philip, I need you to help me out for a second. He's okay, what's up? Because you see that, you see that little caravan going right there? I want you to go up and walk beside it. Okay. Walking beside. He's like, now wait, I got something for you. The guy's reading it. Philip says, hey, what, what are you reading? How can I know what to read? I don't have a preacher. I don't have somebody to let me know. I, I don't understand what's going on here. He goes, let me, let me help in. And here's what I want you to see. As they went down, he said, um, what is it that I'm reading? And the Bible says that Philip begins preaching Jesus, the all-sufficient one. But watch the outcome. Verse 36, he went down the road, they came to the water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, so he commanded the church to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, if we're honest, we can agree that God is in the business of stacking our faith. And many of us have received the same attention in our journey. We may have found ourselves lacking a faith and then God sends someone and we begin to see signs, right? Things begin to happen. And even though I grew up in church, I personally needed to have my own aha moment. Young people, listen to me. You can't live off just your parents' faith. You've got to figure it out. You've you got to have your own moment with God. See, many times we don't think like that. We want to we think, all right, we're just all here, and so we all believe this. No, no, no. We have to dig to figure it out, I remember my 20s and my 21, 19, 20, 21 uh, era of time that I'd actually read through the Bible and, and I was trying to cut out all the voices that all that I learned. Now, maybe that's not good, but my point is that I was trying to objectively approach the Bible. And I'd read through it and I actually had three um, highlighters and, and for each highlighter it meant something. So the pink was like um, highlighters about the oneness of God. And, and uh, yellow or green was uh, the new birth message and yellow was just cool, cool scriptures. Anyway, I would just go through and I would just highlight things and, uh, and I would just allow the word of God to speak to me. Listen, let's not ever lose that. Let's not ever lose how how the word of God is actually living and it it speaks into our heart and it confirms truth and and it builds upon our faith. Oh, you know what? I feel like you need a scripture for that. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. So there it is. I have got to put my faith in an all-sufficient God. And many times we make mistakes. sometimes the mistakes that we make is that we hear what someone else believes and we decide that it is our responsibility to crush whatever faith they have. And then we try to build faith up. Are you with me? I've always seen more benefit from taking whatever faith someone has and building on top of it. I can work through some of the issues. Sometimes we get caught up in all of the traditions anyway. Sometimes that's where we get caught up. Sometimes we, we, we get caught up on who's going to feel bad about us if we take this step or don't take this step or we feel like we're betraying someone. You get what I'm saying? There's, we're so... To the word of God, we should say, what hindereth me? Musicians, you can come. Just like Enoch. You, Nick, the unique What hinders you today? Is your faith too much in yourself or a parent or a loved one? And I'm not saying you shouldn't have faith in your parents. You got me, right? Parents, you heard me say that, right? Or is it Is your faith locked up in your possessions? Only you can know. Only you can really determine where your faith is really. And many of us, our faith is locked up in us. In how I feel like my emotions are for that day or, or how I perceive my experiences. But my question is, if my faith is really in the word of God, am I willing to allow my emotions bow to what I read? Will you take a step? Will you build on faith? Here's another question. Is fruit growing in your life? Is all kinds of fruit growing in your life? Is your spiritual life impactful? Why don't we stand I had a chance to be able to sit with someone um, this, this week and I was able to share a little bit about my testimony and I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to go through that. But there was a moment that I had with God that he confronted the main issue that I had with Christianity. I could get along knowing that there's a God and that Jesus is his name and, and, you know, being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost and repenting and I could get along with that, but I couldn't get along with giving my whole heart to God because I felt like he wanted us to be weak. Now, I wasn't really up on the whole scripture that says when you're weak, I am made strong. That's a good one, right? But God had a conversation with me and he gave me his interpretation of his own words. And he says the person that allows the person to slap their cheek is actually the stronger person because it's me that gives them identity, respect, right? Honor, right? God is the one that gives us. If I'm looking to the world or everybody else to give me my deepest needs, you will always come up empty. So I challenge you. Colossians 1.10 Let's learn to know God better and better it was interesting what Paul said a little bit later in this chapter. In verse 23, he says, But you must continue to believe this truth. I'm in verse 23. Stand in it firmly and don't drift away from your assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed by God to proclaim so believe stand firmly and don't dabble don't drift believe in the all sufficient one he's the one now I want to say I want to one more thing Just is one more thing okay to this date we have been giving to our beyond campaign the beyond vision to this date we have come up with Almost $1,600 of money that we never knew that somebody wanted to give us. Isn't that crazy? Blessings. Now, I'm taking every single one of those things. One of them was uh, what was it? Yeah, the savings account. Um, What was the other one? It was like a 12-cent check or something like that, whatever it was. I'm I'm just locking, I'm, I'm giving you a life application that I'm saying, you know, I believe in him. He'll take care of us. He'll He'll fix us. If I have God and other things versus if I have God alone, we're the same, right? Precious Father, I thank you so much for those that are in the hearing of my voice here today. I pray, God, that you would minister. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we can... Begin to use this element of putting our faith fully, that you are our all-sufficient one. And Lord Jesus, that we can begin to trust in you in all that we do. That we put your ways before our ways. We hold your truths dear to our heart than our own emotions dictate. I pray for your help here. I pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. This altar's open. Please come. Please talk to the Lord. God bless you.